Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Vincent Van Patten, and this is a podcast to inspire you to embark on the adventure of your life. Today is just me, a solo episode, and I'm going to be talking about a concept that has been kind of the theme of my week, and that is cultivating and understanding your life energy. So I'm going to start with just how this plays into my experience last weekend. So I'm here in Japan, living in Osaka, and teaching English, as you may or may not know. And I have two weeks left before I finish and move on to the next step, next chapter in this great book of life. And I am going to be staying in Japan and planning to move to Tokyo to find a job that really aligns more with what I want to make my career, what I want to do with my life, which is storytelling and writing and creating and learning and really having the freedom to be creative and cultivate these things that I truly want to make the entirety of my life. Still, teaching English has been a transformative and fascinating experience. It's been about 14 or 15 months that I've been doing it, and it's taught me so much. So I mostly, for the past, you know, 13 months, I've been uh, mostly at one school, four days a week, and then at another school one day. But now since I'm leaving in a couple of weeks, I'm subbing mostly, like I was when I first came to Japan. And I enjoy the sub days because I usually go to a school that I haven't been if they they need a substitute. And you don't really know what you're going to get. But on my break, I usually just have a wander around this town and it could be an hour away from my home in Osaka could be 30 minutes away and there's these little towns there's schools you know scattered all over Osaka and I just kind of explore the area at 45 minutes and I usually wander up to something like just something that you know as night's falling it's like six o'clock that just takes my breath away it's dusk and just come across a shrine in just this, this small little town. And so I'll talk about Saturday, last Saturday. I was working at a school I'd never been and had one of these experiences, just wandering on my break and came across this shrine. And seemingly in this random little town, I just am in awe of how much beauty there could be in something so ordinary in this other part of the world, something so integral to what makes Japan, Japan. It's the history that's present in pretty much throughout the entire country, just the the beautiful culture and the history and of where this country comes from. And you still have, you know, people going and paying tribute at the shrines just every single day. You'll always see somebody clapping their hands and bowing when they go in and go out. And even amid just a typical work day teaching English, 
I have these moments that just completely blow me away where I wonder how this is life, like how this is my life. And it's something that you know, I've wanted since I graduated from college is to spend every day in this state of exploration and awe. And because what it does, what it's made me realize is that it's getting me closer to my true calling because when I experience these things, I feel it viscerally in my body. Like I just remember from that, from last Saturday, sun had, had set and I was listening to music, but I was just sitting under a tree in this shrine and they were closing up. A few people made their final um, respects and they closed the doors and I went outside and just stood beneath a, a lamppost just in this random neighborhood. You know, where am I? Where am I in the world right now? Just on the outskirts of Osaka, this neighborhood I've never been, barely another name, standing under, under a streetlight just with this feeling of life flowing through my veins. And I wrote a little bit about it. I just stood there and I just started taking notes because that's what makes me believe that I'm on my path. It feels like my life energy, this force inside of me is actually being watered by experiencing like, experiences like this. And if you know anything about my story, and if you listen to the podcast or read my writing, then well, I'll just explain that I, I graduated from college and I really had no clue what I wanted to do. I didn't even write at that point. I studied journalism, but all I realized through college was that I hated journalism. And I graduated and I started just journaling because I needed to find out what the hell I'm supposed to do. Because I was working um, jobs in business and you know, I worked as a interior design intern. I worked at a clothing store, spent two years in real estate and realized that I just want, wanted nothing to do with those things. And I started writing and I, as I traveled, remember specifically a night in Berlin where it hit me how badly I want to just be out in the world, making this my life completely. And that was the beginning of truly understanding my life energy, this force that lives within each of us that is asking to be watered. And it is our life's purpose to cultivate that force and to bring in things that make it connect you know with so basically we don't know exactly or we don't have to know exactly the path that we're heading in in life and i'm 28 i'm mainly talking to people in their 20s maybe their 30s but even your 40s and 50s if if you haven't truly found that thing there is always hope there's just less time so that's why i urge you in your 20s and 30s to really think about this and take it seriously and enjoy it because it's meant to be enjoyed. And when you do start cultivating this life energy, it's enjoyable. The most enjoyable thing that we can do in life because it's our destiny. So I started writing about just how traveling made me feel, how I wanted to be out in the world and making this my life. And the path is still not clear, of course, but I know I'm on my path. And beautiful thing is that just when you start understanding 
this life energy inside of you that wants to be released. And you notice it by the way you do feel. I noticed it and I continue to viscerally in my body as this un infatigable energy that you know doesn't come from drinking or drugs or coffee or anything it's pure life force flowing through my veins so i'm just like enamored by this experience and so that was the first kind of step this weekend that really just lit me up and and you know this happens all the time here in Japan and that makes me believe that okay I'm clearly moving in the direction that I'm supposed to be moving in so to go back to just kind of wrap wrap up that story about graduate from college I just kept following those inclinations that I love to travel and I started writing about finding my purpose in life and that led me to actually actual creative writing which is what I do now and what I truly love and even though, you know, my job isn't, well, I hope it is next, like a magazine writer or, you know, I published my first book and now I'm working on finishing my second one. And these are the things that truly light me up inside. And I'm still having to work jobs that maybe I don't love in the meantime, while I kind of cultivate that life energy and continue because it's not like it's a straight and narrow path. That's the thing. It's a constellation in the galaxy of your soul and things, you know, even if it's a dark and empty night, it seems like it's hopeless. You don't know which steps to take. If you start really asking yourself, like, what makes me happy? What don't I like? And that's important too, just as I realized that working in business, like real estate and sales type roles wasn't, I wanted nothing to do with it. And that's an important step as well. So I'm going to jump to, so a couple days later, that was Saturday. Monday, my best friend Morgan sent me a excerpt from one of my favorite writers, Robert Green, and this was completely random, and it's called A Live Time or Dead Time. The time that you're alive is the only real possession that you have. Everything else that you can, that you have, can be taken away from you. Your family, your house, your cars, your job. The time that you're alive is the only thing you truly possess, and you can give it away. You, think you can give it away by working for other people. They own your time and you can be miserable give it away by reaching for external pleasures and distractions, spending the time that you have as a slave to different passions and different obsessions. Or you can make the time that you're alive your own. You can actually come and possess it and take ownership of this time and make each moment count. And when you do that, that means that time is yours. It's alive within you. It's green. It's growing. You own it and you're making it happen. Another way of looking at it, the way I've always thought of it, is making things your own. Everything that you do in life is a process of making your own. Your time, your ideas, your mental life, and on and on and on. And this is, I think, significant for me in realizing that throughout these jobs that I've had in real estate and now being an English teacher, 
it seems like, you know, one way I could look at it is it's wasted time. Like I'm not doing what I love, but considering that writing and storytelling is my greatest passion and what I ultimately want to be doing with all of my time, these things have served as fuel for that creativity. And even in, you know, teaching English in Japan, you're kind of supposed to be, it's very by the book. Um, you're supposed to look a certain way, act a certain way. And I, I kind of break those boundaries a little bit. I do my own thing as much as I can, but you know, I'm not trying to be like a rebel, but in a sense, I'm just being me. And I think the students have enjoyed that. And we've, you know, made incredible relationships and it's all just been fascinating to be a part of. And that time, even if I'm doing something that seems like a trivial task, it's a live time because in that moment, I am thinking about how it's shaping me into a different person, who it's making me become, how it's feeding my creativity. And even, as you may know as well, when I'm in pain, dealing with chronic back pain, that has been the greatest lesson of my life. And as I deal with that, as I teach English out of school and I'm dealing with pain my body, that has helped me understand who I am and what I'm ultimately capable of. Because that is a lifetime because I'm not just as hard as, as it is. And there's, of course, times where I am so frustrated and upset and I don't know what I'm doing. More often than not, I try to make that positive time, a live time that I'm working on myself. And even when we're bored, even when, when it seems like what we're doing is hopeless and we don't see any path forward through these, you know, menial tasks, we got to ask ourselves, like, what am I learning through this? And if it's something that you're truly not connecting with whatsoever, then it is time to walk away, especially if you're young. And why this is so interesting to me, how Morgan sent me this excerpt from Robert Greene, is that it sent me, well, it's been, it just, it became the theme and the inspiration for my entire week. Because Robert Greene, one of his main books is called Mastery. And that is one of my favorite books of all time. And Morgan sending me this caused me to just kind of go down this rabbit hole of looking back at what I'd written from Mastery from a few years ago, reading it the first time. And it connected with something else that I did over the weekend which was take a calligraphy class. And I'll explain how they're connected. So calligraphy class is something that I've been wanting to do since coming to Japan. It's one of those bucket list things that, you know, like learning about tea and maybe doing archery, just kind of these quintessential, historic, spiritual experiences that Japan is renowned for and what makes this country so fascinating calligraphy is you know creating art with kanji characters which are like the ancient chinese um characters and it's it's wild how so i i messaged kind of my japanese mother this woman kaoru who owns a matcha shop here in osaka and I just asked her like how I could take a calligraphy class. Of course, she messages her badass calligraphy artist 
master friend who a month and a half later, you know, teaches me calligraphy at the matcha shop. And the way that I met Kaoru, just taking a step back, is quite serendipitous and extraordinary as well. Because I met Santana, as you may or may not know. He's been on this podcast before. Legendary man. And I met him in Osaka. And he connected me with Matcha and Kaoru. And I would not be doing the calligraphy if not for Santana and Kaoru. But anyways, at this calligraphy class, such a beautiful experience. Just creating a calendar and you know learning my signature and so when I was a kid I did love painting and art and I love doing those things I still doodle and draw to this day love art doing those things that feel make you feel like a kid again and that is an indicator of what you're meant to be doing that's an indicator of your life energy and how it's best expressed through you What are those things that you loved to do as a kid that made you feel alive and made life interesting and fun and carefree? That is what you're meant to be doing. Yet the world kind of shuts that out of us. But anyways, I chose as my first character in calligraphy, Life Energy, this kanji character. And... You know, Morgan hadn't sent me the thing about Robert Green yet, and it was just something that I felt like encapsulated all these different kind of emotions and feelings that I express and feel on the daily, which are, you know, happiness, joy, pain, anger, uh, exuberance, lights. It all is part of this growing world this ocean inside of us that is our life energy that sways and ebbs and flows like the sea and it is beautiful i felt like life energy that is the thing that we need to cultivate and it's not just a purely positive thing it's not just this sheer joy that you have to be feeling all the time it's everything it's emotion itself which i think is so important we have to let ourselves feel the positive and the negative the dark and the light. It's all part of our light energy because we use that to create, to give back to the world and to make the world different than it would be without you in it. That is why you're here. And that comes from the source. That comes from the things that we gravitate towards in our life. Things that speak to us, call to us from the unknown. Things that beckon like a star even in the darkest nights that is the path we're meant to walk towards so i chose this calligraphy letter life energy it's interesting though so i chose it and like the master um my teacher sensei she had me draw this this character and i created something signed it and everything but then i looked back and i couldn't it wasn't the life energy symbol and I couldn't find the thing that I had drawn, which is interesting and kind of cool. I don't know if it was unique or where it even came from, but it was pretty dope and it came from me. So that was my life energy. And I think that kind of just 
made a lot of sense. So then, after Morgan sent me this Alive Time or Dead Time, I look back on Mastery, and man, it just hits so hard because everything that came from that book is all about your life energy. And he doesn't even say it in those terms, yet it, it just clearly, that's what it is. So, from Mastery, this is a quote. At your birth, a seed is planted. That seed is your uniqueness. It wants to grow, transform itself, and flower to its full potential. It has a natural assertive energy to it. Your life's task is to bring that seed to flower, to express your uniqueness through your work. You have a destiny to, to fulfill. The stronger you feel and maintain it, as a force, a voice, or in whatever form, the greater your chance for fulfilling this life's task and achieving mastery. What weakens this force, what makes you not feel it or even doubt its existence, is the degree to which you have succumbed to another force in life. Social pressures to conform. This counterforce can be very powerful. You want to fit into a group. Unconsciously, you might feel that what makes you different is embarrassing or painful. Your parents often act as a counterforce as well. They may seek to direct you to a career path that is lucrative and comfortable. These counterforces become strong enough, you can lose complete contact with your uniqueness, with who you really are. Your inclinations and desires become modeled on those of others. This can set you off on a very dangerous path. You end up choosing a career that does not really suit you. Your desire and interest slowly wane, and your work suffers for it. You come to see pleasure and fulfillment as something that comes from outside of your work. Your broken contact with destiny is formed at, at birth. So that's clearly your life force. It's the seed that we all have within us that is meant to be watered throughout our lives. And what I want to really make clear and kind of the most important part of this is that it's not like you find the thing and then you're off to the races. You're running at 100 miles an hour towards your destiny. If you know anything about me, my writing, that's... I kind of write about the opposite. Yet, there's a direction in which we're meant to walk. It's not clear. You know, we're going to take two steps forward, one step back, go left, right. You're going to eat shit and fall on the ground, wallow in some mud for a while, get back up and continue walking. But we're still moving in a direction. The fact that time moves forward, you know, that means that the earth is moving, the earth is spinning, that Humanity is moving, but it is up to us to move our lives in a certain direction. And I think it's important in our 20s and early 30s and the rest of our 30s and the rest of our lives, really. But, you know, the earlier you can get on this, the better. To pay attention to those things that water the seed of who you are. And... Those are the things that will move you forward and help you realize that, okay, I'm moving in the direction that I'm meant to be moving in. I am enjoying certain things and maybe they're not, not making me money yet. Maybe they don't even make sense, but I understand what's happening because you feel it. It's a thing that can't be explained. And that's the thing that I feel. And I am excited to wake up at 5.45 in the morning just to 
to write about this. But that's clearly a sign that I'm meant to be speaking and writing about this and exploring the things that genuinely interest me. And I didn't even begin to start knocking on that door until I graduated from college. So it's not like we have to know at any specific time, but we do have to pay attention. We do have to explore who we are, who we are on the inside. And we have to experience things in the world to help us understand what makes us come alive inside. So why I found mastery so important in my life is that it's all about really this concept of it doesn't matter so much that you find the one thing you're meant to do in life and then you're just gunning towards that. It's that you're finding this overall life force inside of you, a, a theme almost. Like I've said, a constellation where different stars will connect. And that gives you a direction. So Robert Greene from Mastery, quote, you want to learn as many skills as possible following the direction that circumstances lead you to, but only if they're related to your deepest interests. Like a hacker, your value, you value the process of self-discovery, making things that are of the highest quality. You avoid the trap of following one set career path. You are not sure where this will lead, but you are taking full advantage of the openness of information, all the knowledge and skills now at your disposal. You see what kind of work suits you, but what you want to avoid at all cost. You move by trial and error. This is how you pass your 20s. You are the programmer of this wide-ranging apprenticeship within the loose constraints of your personal interests. You're not wandering around because you're afraid of commitment, but because you're expanding your skill base and your possibilities. At a certain point, when you are ready to settle on something, ideas and opportunities will inevitably present themselves to you. When that happens, all the skills you've accumulated will prove invaluable. You will be the master of combining them in ways that are unique and suited to your individuality. You may settle on this one place or idea for several years, accumulating in the process even more skills, then moving in a slightly different direction when the time is appropriate. In this new age, those who follow a rigid, singular path in their youth often find themselves in a career dead-end in their 40s or overwhelmed with boredom. The wide-ranging apprenticeship of your 20s will yield the opposite expanding possibilities as you get older. And I think that is just so important to know that if we haven't found the one thing that we're meant to do with our lives, that it's okay. But as I've said, we have to notice what path we're on, what direction in which we're walking. That's the most important thing. And to enjoy it, to enjoy the exploration that is everything because it's the only thing. Like, it's not like we're going to get, not going to wake up one day and everything will just be like, boom. It's an explosion of just, I've found it, I've made it, I've crossed the finish line. It's this. It's filming this right now in my tiny Osaka apartment that is, I'm looking at the calligraphy on the wall right in front of me that I made last weekend. I have tokens of travel and memories made in the last year and a half. It's doing this right now that fills me up and going to work in an hour. Like this is life. This is the daily, the daily experience of being alive that 
is not meant to be overlooked and just moved through as quickly as possible. It's meant to be savored, even if it's difficult, even if it seems hopeless. Because these are the years, these are the moments that we will look back on and wish we'd held on to, or at least appreciated. It's everything. You know, it's trite to say that the journey is the destination, but it's trite for a reason, because it is true. There is no destination but the steps that we walk every day. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to enjoy this time, you know? In our 20s, it feels like there's this pressure that we have to be perfect, that we have to be just nailing it. That we look on Instagram and everybody's doing so well, just thriving and making bank and (laughs) who the hell knows what else. No. Enjoy the mystery, the uncertainty, the years of wandering and exploring who the hell you are. Cherish that journey and have fun. You know, let yourself enjoy it. If you feel like you are doing the work of at least some self-discovery and if you at least want to know, what am I meant to do with my life? What am I, what am I doing here? What do I want? Enjoy that. Enjoy the questions and go and live them. You don't need the answers. Live the questions. Who do you want to become? Who are you becoming? How do I want my life to look? What is an ideal life to me? What's my ideal lifestyle? What makes me feel, what fills me with that, that energy? What fills me with that life force that is intangible, you know? It's everything. And as I was saying before, just about like Kauru and Santana, and that may have made no sense, but basically I met this guy Santana just here serendipitously in Osaka and he changed my entire life. He introduced me to, I mean, he came here to learn tea. Go check out the episode if you haven't. It is epic. He went to Thailand for a year to study Muay Thai fighting. He fought professionally and got his ass kicked and just loved it. And <laughs> guy's an absolute savage. I met him here in Osaka and we just immediately hit it off because we both are on this path of self-discovery and learning about what life is truly meant to be. And it's so goddamn fun. And I just can't believe like how things have happened. I could never have imagined that I would be in that matcha shop doing calligraphy. This woman, Kaoru, who was like a witch in the best way possible, like a Rafiki, the, the guiding force, the supernatural aid, as Santana likes to say, she is a genie. <laughs> she gave me this piece of art of Santana, of a picture that I took of him in the matcha shop, and it is freaking hilarious. And I just never, in my wildest imagination, could have imagined that this is what my life in Japan would be like when I wanted so badly to move here years ago. That was a major step in constellation of my life alighting that realization i came here four years ago for the first time and first realizing that damn i want to live in japan i am meant to be out in the world exploring and japan is where i want to begin i could have never imagined i barely even thought i would have friends here and i've made 
lifelong friends immediately. Which brings me to my next point that, you know, I write. That's what I love to do. I pump out a lot of articles and working on books and I'm always going to do that because that is the way my career is going to progress. It's also this podcast. I just want to tell stories about what it means to be here, be alive and how to get the most out of it. But that's not everything. In fact, I don't want to say it's nothing, but I think what is overlooked and incredibly important is the intangibles in life. The things you can't put on paper or resume or can't stack with gold doubloons. It's the things that are ethereal, that flutter in the air, the things that you do that you might look back on the day and you'll forgotten about them, yet somebody else will never forget. So these are things like smiling, smiling to a stranger because you don't know how bad they need it. Things like calling a friend and talking when you feel like you're in a rush, that you have to go knock some things off your to-do list, yet a friend calls you and you talk to them instead because they need your help. It's nourishing and watering these things that are most important in life, which is love. It's friendship. It's relationships. It's being a good person. These are intangible things, yet they all contribute to our life force because it's not so much what you do that makes you who you are. It's who you are. And that turns into what you do and what you ultimately have. It's something that a partner in crime, another best friend of mine, Gregory Russell Benedict, wrote about recently in his newsletter. First you be, then you do, then you have, which is kind of counterintuitive to our modern culture, thinking that we have to have certain things, that we have to do certain things, and then we could ultimately be a certain thing. No. Be the thing first. Be a good human being. Be a friend, good neighbor, good brother, sister, daughter. You know, be the thing that you want to be. And then that will contribute to doing the things that you're meant to do. And then if you want to have the things, they'll follow. But nothing really matters besides that. Besides the being. Another thing that Greg said, he might have actually said it, he did in the last episode, is that what do you want people to talk about at your funeral? Do you want them to say, oh, he, you know. Well, we'll let you decide that. When Greg asked that in the last podcast, I was listening to it. What came to mind is he was a good friend. He was there. I loved how Greg said he was up for anything. He was down for some bullshit. That is what I want to be remembered for. I got my stuff done. I continued searching. I was a friend in the end. All right, y'all. I'm going to end it there. Something to think about. How are you spending your time? Is it a lifetime 
right? It's a dead time. Even if you're sitting in traffic, even if you're doing something that seems pointless, even if you're sick or at work and you're just over it, is it a lifetime or dead time? Because our time is all we have. No matter if you're in pain or if it's the weekend and you're psyched out of your mind, how are you spending your time? Without and within you. How does it feel to be in your skin? Much, much love, everybody. So grateful for you tuning in on a weekly basis, for joining us on this incredible journey of life, putting your faith in us because, you know, this is just the beginning and I just hope to be in your corner and a friend to you. Much, much love. <laughs>